Hello everybody. I hope you're having a great day. Now before we get into today's episode, I have a little favor I need to ask of you. Now this favor is probably only going to take about a minute of your time, so I would appreciate it if you could do this for me. I put a lot of time into these podcasts and it's something I'm very passionate about, so I appreciate any bit of support that I can get. So, today's favor is, could you scroll down and under this podcast, go to ratings and reviews, and give me a five-star rating, and leave me a sweet little review, something I'm going to read, you know, that'll show your support to the podcast. If you're getting any value out of the podcast, or any value out of me, just let me know. You know, you can share the podcast with your friends, post it on your social media, whatever. Any bit of support helps me grow the podcast, and I will appreciate it so, so much. Anyways, guys, on to this week's episode. Welcome, welcome back to the Sky's the Limit podcast, a podcast based around showing you that anything you set your mind to is possible. I'm your host, Lucas Aylward. So guys, I have some great news before I start this episode. Scotland the podcast actually reached number 39 on the marketing and management charts on Apple Podcasts Canada, which is crazy. Going for the top, man, Gary V is number one. So watch out, Gary, I'm going to come for you. <laughs> Anyways, guys, today's <laughs> guest is one of my pretty good friends. We've been chatting on Instagram back and forth for a while. I've known him for about probably about a year or so now. Uh, you know, we met a few times, we've chatted, you know, out at different events and stuff like that. He's the owner of Brent Mac Events, one of the well-known promotional companies based out of St. John's, Newfoundland. He's an organizer of the Jib Fest Weekend, which is one of Atlantic Canada's biggest winter festivals. It looked like a really great time, too. I didn't make it to the last one. <laughs> Anyways, co-founder of the Best Con Barbecue, Newfoundland's newest festival, which is happening this year at St. David's Field in Mount Pearl. Producer and tour manager of the Best Con Comedy Tour, one of Canada's biggest independent comedy tours featuring three of Newfoundland's funniest comedians, Mike Lynch, Colin Hollett, and Brian Aylward. So introducing to you guys today, Brent Mack. How's it going, my friend? Hey, man. How's it going? Thanks for having me. That was a nice intro, hey? That was very good. I was like, it's... Makes I got I got a lot to live up to. That's, that sounds a lot better than it is, but I appreciate <laughs> the, the kind words. <laughs> yeah, man. So, like I said, um, I've known you for the past while. You know, we've chatted back and forth for a while. You know, we've been friends on the gram. But uh, I want to get a little bit more into your story because that's what's kind of caught my eye. I remember you actually uh, made a post before saying how you used to be a pretty big skeet in high school. And it's funny that you <laughs> turned out into becoming an entrepreneur because usually skeets go down a different road from high school, right? So <laughs> I know that you mentioned before that when you were in high school, you see these two uh, older guys getting out of a Red Bull van. I don't really know the rest of the story, if you would like to touch on that, because it seems like that was what motivated you the most, All right? Sure, yeah, that was kind of a... Uh, uh, yeah, I guess quickly going back, that was, would be, geez, 10 years ago now, but we're... Uh, so I went to Bishop's. It was career day. Uh, lunchtime came around. wasn't really having that much fun. Uh, and I was like, you know what, I'm enough of this, I'm going to take off. So as I'm leaving the high school parking lot, I see a Red Bull van pull in. So this is, you know, this is not as, as common as you probably see him today. I'm like, whoa, you know, I'm 17, this is catch my eye. And I'm like, just put the window down, hey, boys, where are you at? Like, have some Red Bull, what's going on? They're like, just no, like, leave us alone kind of thing. And yeah. I was like, all right, what are, you, what are you doing here anyway? And they said, we're here for career day. I said, all right. They were talking about, um, they were doing a small business 
and marketing course. And I looked at my schedule and sure enough, that's what I was supposed to be having next. And I was actually on the way to pip off for. So I said, man, I'll show you what a classroom is. Let's go and I'll check this out. And it ended up being amazing. I mean, um, basically two guys, uh, Matt Power, Patty Green, uh, two really good friends of mine right now. Uh, Patty's a good real estate agent in the city and still one of the best DJs. And uh, Matt Power is doing really well in between Toronto and LA. Uh, working with this company, Mad Rock, producing some incredible uh, music videos and, and different other types of productions. So, yeah, I sort of met those guys and they were telling me what they were doing, which was just um, sort of what I started doing. They were they were doing a, events at like the Rock House and Club One. They were bringing people down, doing these themed events. And I was like, this sounds amazing. Um, uh, I guess, yeah, long story short, then we had to do a uh, venture that year okay. as part of our course. Mm-hmm. So uh, a friend of mine, uh, Dan Mack, who's actually half of uh, Isle of Ease, which is a good folk duo in town. Uh, mm-hmm. We decided to do a dodgeball tournament. So we got one of the guys, a DJ, and Patty, who was a Red Bull rep at the time, got us some Red Bull. And we just had this awesome sort of dodgeball event uh, in the school. And, you know, that was, I guess, sort of the first little uh, entrepreneurial venture we took on. And that was amazing. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, and that's kind of the story for that. And then uh, basically fast forward a year. Uh, uh, turning 19, kind of like most people want to just throw a party for the 19th birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking to Patty as well that day, and he said, well, you know, I can get in touch with one of the bars downtown if you want. And I said, okay, yeah, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he linked me up with Tony Murray, and anyone who knows, is in the music industry, will knows Tony. Tony's a, Tony's a great, great person, one of the one of the best people in the industry, and he, uh, he does a booking for the Rock House, so Introduced me to Tony. Uh, we booked a date. Patty DJed, and yeah, what was kind of interesting about that? I mean, cause I guess that was technically maybe the first like event I did. Yeah. And you know, it was purely just a birthday party. So I wanted to just, you know, I was playing sports. I was working part-time jobs. I was graduating high school. Um, so it's kind of like just telling my friends, getting them to tell their friends. And I went on, went to Facebook, and I mean, this was again nine years ago now. So people. Facebook events weren't as common as they are today. And I went on and just literally invited everyone I knew in the city and told them to invite their friends. And before I knew it, there was like five, 600 people, which is again, a lot nine years ago. And mm-hmm. they all showed up and it was just this crazy, crazy party and a ton of fun. And at the end of the night, I remember Tony uh, from the rock house came to me and he's like, that was a great time. There was a great crowd here. If you ever want to do anything again, let me know. And I was thinking, okay, yeah, like my birthday's again next year. Let's do it again. And he's like, well, or if you want to do something sooner. And I didn't really kind of, wasn't really thinking like that. And I said, yeah, okay, maybe we'll do something sooner. Again, kind of going back to mm-hmm. what Matt and Patty had talked about in, in high school there a few months or a year ago. So I said, all right, we booked a date for August and planned another event, booked some DJs. And yeah, that was another great success. And from there, the ball kind of kept rolling. And um, uh, yeah, kind of just kept rolling before you know what you're, you're doing more things. You start to meet people in the industry. You bring people down for shows and it's just just kind of sort of snowballs really mm-hmm. so would you say that you know those guys you met and while you were in high school did they become like really big uh influences in your life and like almost like business mentors 100 percent. i mean they're they're two biggest mentors still are still really good friends like i said patty or matt moved on to toronto a few years later i spent a few months in toronto so he helped me like get a place there um we're also really good friends this day um, and yeah, like they really were mentors, now friends, and it just kind of, uh, again, snowballed. What was, um, what was kind of cool as well, actually, after that, that first, uh, the second event, after the birthday party, I uh, went to Oceaga, Montreal, for the first time with a few mm-hmm. friends. So first time going to a big event like that, 
and I'm just blown away by it, like 40, 50, 60,000, whatever it was at the event. And I'm like, this is incredible. Uh, so the first day we're there and we saw this guy, Shad. Uh, so he's a, you know, a Canadian rapper. He's absolutely incredible. He won a Juno a few years ago. He's, he's amazing. So mm-hmm. we saw him perform there. It's on one of these smaller stages, a good crowd. And I remember just watching him and all I could think was, man, all my buddies back home would love this. This would be so good. And I, I kept thinking about the Rock House. I was like, this would be amazing. So I get back home. And at this point, you know, I guess I'm starting to know a little bit of people in the industry. It's kind of, you know, a small industry. And so there's say two other promoters that, that I knew. And I, I asked both of them about, I wouldn't consider myself like a promoter at that time. I was just a guy who was just throwing a couple of parodies. But uh, I looked up these guys and they were bringing in, they were bringing, you know, legitimate artists. They were doing shows all over the place. Like these were like promoters in my mind, you know? So I asked those guys and I said, I told them how great the show was and said, we should really uh, bring down, you guys, you should bring down Shad. And they said, yeah, he's great, but like, he's kind of expensive and he has to sell tickets and like, I don't think it's going to work. And to me, what was like, I can remember my mindset then because it was, you know, they were thinking from business, you know, he costs money, we got to bring in money and, you know, it's pretty economics 101. Like, is it going to make yeah. sense? Are we going to yeah. sell off tickets to cover the cost? But for me, my whole mindset was, you don't get it. Like, if you want to go see him, you had to fly to Toronto. So if you fly to Toronto, by the time you pay for your flights, your hotels, all that, your meals, it, you could bring him here and be the same price. Like, I was purely thinking from a fan's point of view. Like, if I brought him here and all the guys saw him, all my buddies, it'd be awesome. That's all I could, the only way I could think at the time. Mm-hmm. So w- when they decided to pass on the show, I said, well, you know what? I'll email them. So this was like, I was trying to find the email earlier. I wish I could have found it. So this would have been like 2012. And I'm like, hey, Shad or Shad's agent or that was a I saw you know Shaga it was so best kind come to Newfoundland it'll be deadly like I, I'm actually shocked that I even got a reply back and <laughs> he just wrote back and we're like yeah but it's you know it's gonna cost money and you guys sell tickets and can you do these things and I'm like yeah I'll figure it out and again just through the jigs and the reels it, it, it came through and they, they agreed to do it and it was just incredible and and then from that point on I kind of said okay uh, that was great. I'm glad that one show worked, but you know, taking a step back, you do got to move forward, make things, yeah, yes, remove the blinders and be more than the fan. Yeah, I think it will make sense uh, in the future, but that was like the very first bigger show I, I did. And I remember the mindset of like why I did it. I always try to remember that, you know, but again, learning what I did, learning what I know now of like things do got to make sense economically, but the passion and the reason I did that first show was like I just try not to ever forget that and just I keep that in mind when I'm doing any projects moving forward. Okay, so let's go back to how you were a skeet in high school. Like you said, you were a skeet in high okay, school. right on. Back so <laughs> let's go back to that because this is how I feel like this is where it all started for you. It, it was almost like the the light switch came on when you met those guys. Uh, yeah, definitely. Why do you why do you think they even gave you a shot? Like, why did you think? Like you said, they were almost like mentors to you, and they've been kind of coaching you along and giving you ideas and stuff. Why do you believe that they even gave you a shot? Do you think you had something that you know they saw like a something in you? I think so. I mean, I think it's, again, kind of like right place, right time. Like, I mean, they're like, this guy clearly didn't want to be here, but I guess it's kind of flattering for them, too. They're like, here's a guy who's ready to leave, but yet they see something in us. So thinking, like putting myself in their shoes, if that happened to me now and someone was disinterested in everything else and then they wanted to be interested in what I was doing, I'd be kind of like flattered. Like, oh, man, that's, that's, I'm excited that you're interested in what I'm doing. So they were probably thought it was a funny situation. I was just a little kid. It was just, you know, like I said, about to pip off and didn't. So, yeah, they just – they became great friends, great mentors, and we just I, – I was really interested in what they were doing, so they were happy to tell and let me know what they were doing. And we, we worked together on projects then for years because one of them went on to run the breezeway, and then 
I was booking events through him. And, you know, like I said, it's just, um, you know, you, you know this in the gym world, too, which is a small community. So once you meet people in different ways, you can help each other out. You just kind of eventually grow together is really the goal, right? Mm-hmm. So what would you say to, like, a, a younger guy now who's 17, 18 years old or 16 in high school, in their last years of high school, and they just don't really know what they want to do with their life and they don't really care about school and they're, they're in that routine of just pipping off and kind of they don't take – you know, school serious at all. What would you say to them as like an advice? Like, would you tell them like, man, you don't need school. You or would you be like, man, pay attention, work on your your habits and work on your your work ethic. All this stuff will pay off in the long run. So, what what would you say to that person? Absolutely. I mean, it might be cliche, but you know, you got to find what you like. It's, you know, school is not the end all be all that it once was or was once perceived to be. It's just find what you're interested in, and then that's what you're gonna start putting your time into. You know it's like when you're a kid and you spend all day all night playing tag or street hockey because you just love it and you do it. So when you get older, find something else that you love and just find yourself doing when you have free time because that's what you're ultimately most interested in. And it's way easier to, to make a career or at least a you know partial career out of something when, when you're extremely interested in it. So, and don't worry about it too much either. I mean, like I said, as time passes, you hopefully get a little bit closer to figure things out, but ultimately you, you don't know. Like, who really knows? I don't know. You, you kind of just know what you like now and you sort of have a rough idea of the future and you just keep keep going towards it, really. Yeah, there's actually a quote. Um, I forget exactly how the quote goes. I hate trying to say a quote and I don't know how it went. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's like saying um, when you work, you never work a day in your life when you're doing something you love or something like that. And I, I believe it's true because even when it comes to school and, and learning and reading, I can sit up now and read a 300-page book in one sitting if if it's something I really like. But in school, you wouldn't get to, you wouldn't get me to read 25 pages of like a of a textbook that a teacher assigned me to do. You'd never get me to do it. But it is, it's crazy how you know what you're passionate about can kind of fuel your work ethic, and I think that's great for you because you know if you had to go down a different route and you didn't see those guys, God knows where you'd be. You'd probably be still skipping off, skipping off everything. Yeah. You know, who knows, just right? Tenth year, still going at it. Yeah, and yeah. that's the thing. I mean, you just—I like to, and that's what's cool about this. I mean, you kind of come up with an idea and you say, "Okay, I want to do this event. I want to create this thing," and you do it. And then sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I've had a lot of events that just did not go well. It's been me and the artist and the sound guy, and that's it. But so, uh, could you touch you on that take, though? Sure, because I mean, yeah, that's the thing too. You're not going to really see on people's Instagram and, and social media, but like, you know, you, there's a ton of losses and you take it and you're like, shit, that wasn't good. Why didn't it work? And you just try and figure it out and you, you take some lessons from it. But yeah, I mean like I could, geez, we could talk for hours on things that I did that didn't go well. Cause I mean, I've had a lot of them, but it's just, you learn from them and straight up as it's simple. As it is. You just try and learn from it. Mm-hmm. What worked? Why didn't it? And at the end of the day, I still want to do it, you know? So let's do it right yeah failures are really good for growth because i mean if you're failing then you have to improve on what you didn't do right the first time yeah you know people mm-hmm. can give up so what would you say to somebody who you know say failing and failing and failing and they're like man fuck this i want to throw in the towel would you tell them like maybe this is for you or would you say like man work hard man get this to happen like you should you should keep pushing through it find the way that's going to work yeah keep pushing through it and yeah, I mean that, that's a tough one because I mean keep pushing through it ultimately. Yeah, but at the same time, don't be don't be afraid to change things up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people have drastic career changes later in life and things work out well for them. Like like I said, you don't know. Just keep 
you know, trying to surround yourself with the right people, keep working at things you want to work at. And I don't know, I think opportunities will, will come up. You just got to just be ready for them, really. Mm-hmm. So going back to Oceaga, because it seems like you're really, yep. you know, you're really fueled by that. Like you saw that and you're like, holy shit, this is amazing. I'm, yep. I'm going to assume that that was the fuel for the best kind of barbecue, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, kind of like what's sort of interesting about that, I'm kind of glad you mentioned that, what's sort of interesting about that and also to touch on what we mentioned earlier about failures. I mean, this barbecue also kind of came from a festival I was involved in a few years ago, uh, Random Sound in Clarenville. So myself and a few other event organizers, um, it was actually my last year university. So, I mean, I had a work term, so I had job opportunities. I could have worked for other people. I had opportunities there. could have just punched my 34 months, made money. But around that time, too, we were all thinking this outdoor summer idea partners and i and we we're like just dreaming big and we just went for it. like honestly in hindsight too we bit off way more than we could chew we kind of did trying did way too much like we had 28 different people we flew in trying to bust them all to clarinville it was it was a crazy ordeal looking back on it like it, it stresses me out more looking back on it now than it did the day of because we couldn't even process it but looking back on it now it was a cool event and it was a great concept but it just you know they're it's just so expensive and time consuming it's kind of hard to do as a small business starting off. So we did it for three years. So we eventually, you know, partners moved away and had other, other ventures and took on, and we, you know, we eventually just folded the festival, but then I took a couple of years off. And then like one day looking back and all that and all my other travels and all my expense experience, that's sort of where the best kind of barbecue was born because it said, okay, let's sell an experience. Let's tone down the entertainment for now. And let's make just the experience. Let's, let's get a reasonably priced ticket, have an incredible experience with chefs, games, other interactive experiences, and just sell that whole day package of people in a great location. And, and that's sort of the model between the barbecue now, but I don't think I would have got that if I didn't fail, we'll call it, with the random sound for every year, you know? Because mm-hmm. I, I took those lessons there and just transferred to this. So what was pretty unfortunate a few years ago, now it's turned into like, okay, I learned from that, now we have something a little different, but also similar, and here we are, so. So obviously you started out with the, um, you know, your entertainment, uh, your booking mm-hmm. events, right? So then you branched out into the Best Con Barbecue. And you're also into other different things too. Like you did the Jib Fest weekend and you did the uh, Best Con Comedy Tour. So I would like yeah. to touch on that. So when did you know you wanted to kind of branch out and do different things? There was a time where you're like, I need to grow more and I want to, you know, just try different things. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, I mean, this winter is February is actually going to be the 10th year so a good friend of mine, Carter Snow, started Jib Fest, would be 10 years ago this February. Uh, I think that the third year he'd hit me up because uh, I was doing similar events and we were like working together at different spots. And he said, do you want to come help me grow this festival? And again, we had other partners at the time, but uh, we ended up, a couple of them moved on and we bought one out. So now it's just me and Carter and it has been for the last couple of years. So that's sort of like our big winter project. Uh, and two years ago, the barbecue came into play. So that's our big summer project. And then last year, the comedy tour came in. So now it's like a fall project. So for like the first time, I'm starting to feel like, okay, this sort of makes sense. I can see it uh, sort of a roadmap for the next two years at least, as mm-hmm. opposed to a few years ago, I was kind of just like, oh, this makes sense or that makes sense. There's no real longevity to anything. Now it's sort of like, you know, I've, I've had some good successes. I've had a bunch of failures. And I sort of, now I have my key projects I'm interested in, have good partners, have great sponsors. I can just see that happening over the next couple of years. So I, I think it's no different than, Probably yourself, someone at the gym, you know, you're starting off, you don't really know what you're doing, and finally you get in a routine, you see some success, and you have a plan for the next six months or a year, you know? But for the first yeah. little while, you're just sort of figuring it out, right? And that's exactly what happened to me. Okay. 
So obviously your biggest, uh, you know, your biggest focus right now is the, the barbecue. So yeah. with the barbecue, are you going to do anything different from last year? Like, you know how you mentioned you learn from your failures and you learn from things you haven't done. Is there anything that you saw that you did and you're like, I need to improve on it next year. And it's almost like, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to improve and we'll make this one better. Is there anything that specifically stood out to you? Well, 100%. I mean, last year it was actually on the roof of the City Hall parking garage, which is a pretty interesting location for an event. And it was an incredible event. But uh, as you can imagine, logistics just of getting infrastructure up there, whether it be your fencing and porta potties, it took a lot of extra time and, and money and resources that we kind of pictured. And also, yeah. again, with the roof, you, you're physically limited to like how the, the, the capacity and your growth potential. So, as, as amazing as that was this year, there's sort of like a better opportunity in Mount Pearl, just more of a green space. Um, Mount Pearl, you know, Mount Pearl is very eager. Um, they, they actually have this get it done campaign right now with a really encouraging small businesses to set up shop in Mount Pearl. Yeah. So there's incredible to work with. So now we're like, we got a, you know, a city that's super on board to work with us. And we have location that has room to grow for down the road for if we want, as you want to bring in more people and grow the event. So that's where I'm kind of like just physically moving the event, I think is a really good, uh, really good move this year. A lot of people seem to be excited about it. So, and, and by us saving time and money on, boring operational things we can spend more focus on exciting things um better entertainment food games that sort of thing so yeah it's just it's all learning you know just taking it all learning so you know what you need to do to get better so what would you say to somebody who's say they're in a position where they want to start a small business and they don't really know where to go they kind of have an idea where they they think they want to do this or they don't know if they should do that and what would you say to them like three main things they should focus on to actually make everything happen right so if they were saying hey i want to start uh, doing what you're doing i want to start planning events i don't really know what to do uh, i really want to get into it though so like what are your three main things that you could tell that person to take action on man literally you just hit the nail on the head on the first one the first thing is just to take action not worry about it like again going back to a gym reference i'm not a big gym guy but i mean like you say if you want to go to the gym are you gonna read about the gym he's gonna go to the gym like you might not be doing it best at first but at least you're trying same with the business i mean find someone in the industry you like and nine hundred out of ten people are eager to, to help so uh, they're gonna help for the most part so just start doing it look for advice um and, and i kind of just what i started doing this year i'm kind of i kind of wish i started doing it earlier but i started doing like a monthly journal which is like all aspects of my life really which i think has been helping a lot you know five or six months in now and every month I'll kind of read the last few chapters and write a new page or two down. And I'm like, cool. This is like, sometimes you, you get in those ruts. You feel like, oh, a month went by, nothing happened. Then you look at your notes. Like, okay, that actually wasn't too bad. I did do a couple things. So mm-hmm. maybe just, yeah. So just start doing it right away. One, be, find a mentor, find someone in the industry and offer, especially your services for free or just like, hey, can I shadow you? Can I help you out? Right. Um, and like when I first started doing events, I went to Canadian Music Week in Toronto and just for a full week, 40, 50, 60 hours a whole week volunteered and just to run a venue and that was amazing because i got to work with dozens of bands from all over the world and do load-ins and sound checks and all the intricacies of an event i just was just consuming it for a week um and just volunteered you know all out of pocket so that was a great experience so yeah so just a just start doing it b find a mentor that's going to help you and offer your services just get in there get your foot get your feet wet and see like probably make some notes document it as you go just to look back on and you can just it, it might help you down the road so yeah that's probably the three things i'd say yeah, I would agree with the last one too. Well, all three I would yeah. agree on, but I, 
I've, yeah. I'm a big one on, on like the goal setting and month to month stuff. Like you, totally. you, know, you live every day, right? You live every day and you look and you say, oh my God, every day feels the same. You're just doing the same thing over and over and over. And then when you look mm-hmm. back, you're like, holy shit, look what I did in this time. Like, mm-hmm. So um, when it comes to like the future and, and you know, your, your plans, plans ahead, like what do you have in mind for like your big, big, massive projects? So let's say, where would you see yourself in five years? Yeah, I mean, I definitely mean these three projects with the barbecue, the comedy tour, and the and Jim Fest. I want to keep growing those three. I mean, the the comedy tour is, is amazing. I, like, like I said, last year it was uh, three comedians and myself, just 30 odd shows. We put 15,000 kilometers on a car. That was the first year. So, I mean, we're really excited about that. I mean, the guys are just so great. I mean, they're working so hard on the material all year long. And every year that they're, they're coming out with, with amazing new material that we're just going to tour. So, I mean, that that's really exciting. I mean, like, we don't really plan to stop it in Canada. Like we, we have a set site on uh, looking at Ireland next year and some European markets and maybe down throughout the States. I mean, we're just, we're just ready to go anywhere. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's really exciting. So between those three projects um, and maybe getting a bit more into management, I mean, I'd like to work more specifically with different artists kind of one-on-one and helping them with their careers. That that's kind of where I see these events going over the next four and five years or, or my, my plans with, with them anyway. Would you want to, uh, host an event the size of Oceaga or bigger? Yeah, I mean, I think things are all relative. I mean, I like to just do the three events I'm doing and do them really, really well and just grow them what makes sense. You know, like, like I said, going back to the random sound earlier, we, we tried to plan for five, 6,000 people, but it was just, it's almost too much for our population as well and, and the type of entertainment we were bringing, you know? Mm-hmm. But if we just, I'm not saying you got to be realistic or unrealistic, but just some things that make sense, you know, like just because you had 10,000 people doesn't mean it was a great event or doesn't mean it was it was necessarily the best move. You know, I'd rather just have them. My biggest thing with any event now, I want everyone to have a great time and everything else got to fall in place. If you're doing things and people aren't enjoying themselves and it doesn't make sense for the consumer, then ultimately it's not going to make sense in the long run. So, I mean, that's really what I'm at now. It doesn't matter what I do, whether there's two people there or 2,000, is that they have the best time I ever want to come back and then we'll just see where it takes us. It's so. a good answer, man. I appreciate that. Thanks. You know, a lot of people are, you know, especially with social media, they're so consumed with, oh, the numbers. Oh, I get 100,000 followers. I get a million followers. But it's all about, like you said, keeping the people happy and see who's engaged. Like Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. so you'd rather 1,000 people engaged that were all 100% for it and in love with it than 100,000 and you only had like 5% that actually kind of cared and the rest were kind of bored and just didn't really give a shit about it. Right, so Absolutely. it's all about the engagement numbers, is what I believe, especially with the social media stuff too. So, uh, I'm gonna ask you just one more question, then we can clue it up. How do sure. you find the um, with with best kind of barbecue, and you know you're trying to grow that with, for the summer? Uh, how do you find that like social media and stuff has like uh, helped your business, like your uh, events and your three projects that you have? It's oh, it's it's massive. I mean, you know, people. It, it, you know, it allows you to quickly share information, but also it means everyone quickly share it. So it's definitely a bit more clutter, but you know, you need to be able to break through the clutter. Um, you want to be able to peop- you want to be able to give people a clear message of what's happening, when it's happening, where it's happening, this sort of thing. And and yeah, it, it allows people like, like I said, you're you're with our event last year, we put up these massive best con barbecue kind of Hollywood letters, and people were having these awesome photos by them, and which in turn they they're sharing on their social media. And we're kind of getting a following from them, you know. So with social media, it's, it's literally that. It's social. Like create a place where people can be social and then share their experiences. And that's, you know, we're creating 
a place and a space for people to be social and to share those experiences on their social medias, right? So, I mean, you can say how great you are all day long, but when you have other people saying, oh, I was there, it was great. It just gives you more credibility and, and allows you to, to kind of show off what was really happening. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's a tremendous help when, when you kind of use it correctly, but uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's good, absolutely. A lot of organic marketing too with that. Social media is a good thing and it's a bad thing. It depends on how you use it. Because I know, hundred percent, especially like a business way, like you said, there's lots of organic growth and a lot of organic mm -hmm. reach. You have people sharing your posts and you know spreading the message. You're almost building that brand. But then there's the other side of social media that people are kind of just doing it all for ego and it's kind of just really fake. And it's you know a lot to do with like uh, the show on social media. But in a business sense, I think social media is very very powerful. Is there anything else that you wanted to say? Man, I think we actually, that, that's been pretty good, man. We had a, a great chat, and I appreciate you getting me on this. Uh, I guess congrats to you, man, like I said, on the, everything you do with the podcast. I, I've watched the last few episodes, and, and it's great, man. It's cool hearing people's stories. Like you said, you, you know, you see stuff from the surface of what people are doing or what they're presenting themselves as doing with their posts and stuff, but it, it's cool to get more, a bit more backstory and hear about the hear about the, the kind of process. Yeah, it's, it's exciting, man. It just keeps everyone going on. So so props to you for taking, taking this on and, and getting, getting interesting people on this and yeah, I mean, it's, it's been it's been awesome. I appreciate you taking the time to do it. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, it was a great conversation. I learned a lot about you that I didn't actually know. You know, <laughs> I, like I, like you said, I see a lot of the surface stuff, as you do with myself, as a lot of people see with other people on social media. You don't actually know what they've been through and what it's taken them to get to where they are. So hearing this was a, a learning experience for me as well. So I hope that the audience gets to... Uh, you know, pick something up from this as well, because you did share a lot of great knowledge that is from a business perspective, it, it makes a lot more sense to me. So appreciate you so much for being on here. What is your information that you would like to plug here? So it's like Instagram handles. Uh, I know the best kind barbecue is coming up. Maybe you have a page for that. Totally. Yeah. I mean, best kind barbecue on uh, Instagram, uh, August 17th, St. David's field and the best kind comedy tour. Again, best kind comedy tour. We're all about the best kind here. Uh, yeah, and that, that's that's 30 shows right across the country. So, I mean, depending on where you're listening from, I mean, it's probably a show near you. So, that's right across the country in September and October. So, bestkindcomedytour.com. Check it all out. And, yeah, keep doing it. Anyways, man, thank you so, so much for coming on here and making the time of your day. I know both of our schedules are, you know, a little bit tricky trying to fix, fix this up. But, anyways, we got it done. And I think it was a Glad success, man. Absolutely, man. Glad we could make it happen. All right, man. And until next time, guys, see you later. Just a matter of time before I'm over the prime and moving on to my prime. Just quit